Welcome to the weekly podcast of Valley Church. I pray that this message will fill you with the hope of the gospel and will help you follow Jesus today. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, visit valleychurchwv.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. Well, good to see everybody today. Um, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be back at church and uh, enjoying the beginning of this year. Um, as you can see, we're in this uh, series that we're calling Scent. And uh, if you haven't been a part of Valley Church or, or haven't been with us that long, we've actually been studying. Uh, we took the end of last year and we started through the book of Acts. And uh, this year we're starting to go through the rest of the book. And um, the, the book of Acts is, is all about the Acts of the Apostles. That's how I was named the book of Acts. Basically a documentation of what God did through the, the followers of Jesus that were sent out to go and start the church. And, uh, and so, so as you can see, we've, we've titled this, this uh, series, Sent. And uh, we actually began it last week with Bob Yader. Um, man, what a great way to start the year. Um, he was excellent, and uh, we didn't even have that much conversation. But man, as he listened to God, he was speaking directly to us as a church about what it's, what it's going to be, be meaning for us as we're here to seek, serve, and send disciples of Jesus. And, uh, and so let me just explain, because uh, he didn't really get to uh, some of the meaning behind our title before we get into the text of Scripture today. Um, we titled this series, Sent. And um, the, the meaning behind that, that word is that it has always been God's heart to send people places. And uh, you, if you take just a glance at Scripture, what, what you'll discover is, is that our God is ascending God. Um, you know, there's plenty of examples, but a few that I want to highlight are, are these. First of all, you remember, if you know some, some of the Bible and you, you grew up in Sunday school, you'll, you'll remember the character of, of Abraham. And uh, Abraham was sent and God asked him, he said, Abraham, I want you to leave your, your hometown of Ur, and I want you to go to a place that I am going to show you. He just asked him to leave his family and his friends. He asked him to leave what was comfortable. Um, why? Why do that? God answered it. He said, through you, I'm going to bless the earth. All, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. That's what God said to him. That was the reason for sending and we know that actually the, the, the outcome of that, the blessing, was actually Jesus. That's what, that's what God was telling Abraham, because through the line of Abraham, Jesus, the Son of God, was born. And uh, Jesus himself was sent by God. If you, if you think about it, Jesus was you know, the, 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 the example of being sent himself, because he was sent by God with the mission to seek, serve, and send. He came to seek and save the lost. That's what Jesus said about himself. That's when he was asked, why did you come? I've not come for the righteous. I've come for the sinner. Uh, he came not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. And so as he, as he gathered disciples, followers of him around him, what he also did for us is he, he sent them out. You, you'll know at the beginning of the book of Acts, he told them, go. He told them, go into all the world, preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, 
Behold, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. He sent them out. He even said this, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you, okay? I say all this as we, as we explain this title for our, for our Acts series, is that God is not done sending. Because if we believe that our God is ascending God, then we should expect here at Valley Church that He's going to continue to do that work of sending, isn't He? And so, so the question that I want us to just, you know, I want you to be praying about for yourself, and I want you to also be, be praying and, and uh, seeking God about just on behalf of our, our community here is, what is God calling us to? Where is God calling you to go? Where is God sending you? Now, that's a question that, that I want you to really dive deep into and just, just be in prayer, prayer about over these next, I think it's 10 weeks that we spend in this, in this series, because as our God is ascending God, He may be calling you to maybe go across the aisle, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe another follower of Jesus right here in this community needs to be encouraged. Is God pricking your heart towards someone? Is He calling you across the aisle to, to go and get into a relationship with someone to encourage them in their faith? I, I don't know what it may be. Maybe that God is sending you uh, across the street. Maybe you have neighbors, you have loved ones. Maybe you have someone in your workplace that, that you're saying, man, they need Jesus, and God is telling me, I need to be the one to go and bless them with the gospel. Maybe God is sending you there. Maybe if you're, if you're a student or you work in our school system, maybe God is sending you to another student or, or to, to a fellow co-worker. Um, that may be the case. He may be sending you across the street. He may be sending you even across this valley. Maybe God has laid a burden on you for a place here in this valley that, that uh, needs Jesus, a place where you see, man, there's not a gospel witness. There, there's very few good churches or, or followers of Jesus, and, and I've been called to go and, and serve them. Maybe it's a prison ministry. Maybe it's, maybe it's a homeless ministry. I, I don't know what it is, but if God has placed a burden on your heart, don't ignore it. God's ascending God, okay? The other thing is this. Don't be afraid when God sends you even out of this state across our nation. And don't be afraid when God even calls you and pricks your heart that you need to go across an ocean even. You know, we, we place a lot of emphasis on, on missions efforts here at Valley Church. And man, we, we can be missionaries wherever we are, across the aisle, across the street, across the valley, across our nation, or even across the ocean. And so as we, as we begin this series, as we, as we kind of launch into the second half of the book of Acts, that's what I want us to realize and be in prayer about. Where is God sending you? And we're going to see some examples of some men and some women who were willing and said, yes, I am willing to go. I'm willing to go and preach the gospel. And so as we do, as we get into Acts chapter 13 today, let's pray and let's ask God to just, just show us through these examples of followers of Jesus who said yes to him. Father, thank you that uh, you are with us here at Valley Church. God, thank you that you have some amazing things in store for us in this new year, God. And God, I, I pray that as we seek and as we serve and as we send, God, that you would, uh, you would gather labors. 
gather people that have been empowered by your Spirit, that have been called to go, and God, that you would equip us and you would send us to where you want us to be. God, thank you that uh, the work that you began, Lord, we, we know from Scripture you said you would complete. And so, God, would you do that work within us today? Would you do that work through us? And Lord, help us to learn from your word. Open it to us by your spirit today. We are dependent upon you as we open your word and study it. And so, Lord, as we go to it, may you teach us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, hey, if you got your Bible, open up to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. Um, When we planned this series, I was planning that Bob would get through all of chapter 13, and we got through maybe the the first little paragraph of it, which was golden. But uh, we're going to continue going through the rest of chapter 13 today, and I'm going to give you the opportunity to take chapter 14 and study it on your own, because next week we're going to then go into chapter 15. But uh, we began with this story of uh, Barnabas and Saul being called by the Holy Spirit and then sent off by the church. They were already active, they were already serving, and, um, and, and this sending was a local church effort that they, they were then commissioned by prayer by those that were in the church of Antioch to go off on their first missionary journey. So Acts chapter 13 is where we're at. And uh, we are gonna we are gonna actually begin at verse four. Um, if if you have your Bible, I encourage you to follow along. We are gonna get through the whole chapter today, and it's a lot of narrative, um, a lot of storytelling. Um, and so we're gonna understand what did God what did God call them to? Verse four. If you have your Bibles, we'll we'll start there. It says this: So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had John to assist them. So right away we see that uh, they are, they're going out on their journey. Um, if you have your Bibles, if you have your Bible in front of you, um, I want you to just keep your finger there and uh, just check in the back and see if you have a map in the back of your Bible. Do you have a, do you have a map in, in your Bible? Who has a map in the back of their Bible? Yeah, most of us do. Yeah, okay. So if you've never looked at these maps before, they're really cool because uh, I'll have, I'll have uh, one of them brought up on the screen. You can see actually that they show the, the missionary journeys of, of Paul. And, uh, and so what you're looking for is you're looking for the first missionary journey of Paul. And you'll see that it begins all the way over here in Syria and um, in, in the, the city of Antioch. And it said that they traveled to this small little port village called Seleucia, um, and, uh, and they sailed from there to Salamis, which is on the island of Cyprus. And uh, there on that island, and, and we know that uh, this is all historical writing, so treat it as history, there on that island... They are traveling around, they're preaching, they begin by preaching in, this, in the synagogue of the Jews there, but then they start traveling around this whole island, they make a circuit, this island's not that big, but they, uh, over, over the next few days or weeks, whatever it is, it doesn't really tell us how long they were there, they, they, uh, they travel throughout this island, and in verse 6, we see that God opens, opens up a huge door. Let's keep on going in verse 6, it says this, when they had gone throughout the whole island as far as Paphos, they came upon a certain magician, 
a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus. He was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence, who summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elymas the magician, for that is the meaning of his name, opposed them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. So let's just pause there a second. Let's understand what just happened as they're traveling. They, um, they, they get an invitation, and uh, this, this is a divine appointment, I believe, with a man named Sergius Paulus, and he's part of the pro-council, and what that meant is that these were some of the most powerful, powerful leaders during that time in the Roman Empire. So this, this is a big deal. This is an influential man who has requested for Paul and Barnabas to come to him and to share the message of the Scripture with them, to speak Jesus, and that, that's what they were called to do. But you also notice, as this was a great opportunity, Sergius Paulus also had could have been some kind of assistant or some kind of sidekick, but his name is Bar-Jesus. And uh, this name Bar-Jesus actually means son of Jesus. Paul didn't even like to use his name, so he called him Elymas, okay? Because who was this man? This man was a false prophet and a magician. And it was someone who, as Saul and, and Barnabas were speaking the word of God, here is Elymas, or Bar-Jesus, there whispering in, 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 in Sergius Paulus's ears things to contradict what Paul and Barnabas are saying. And he, he's trying to influence him away from, from believing, away from faith. Okay, can I just tell you, whenever you try and do a work for God, just expect, expect that there's going to be conflict. And Paul and Barnabas, they were ready for it. And here's here's what happens. It says in verse 9, let's keep on reading, verse 9. It says, but Paul, sorry, Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, notice that. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, and here's what the Spirit caused him to do. He looked intently at him, at this man who's a false prophet and magician, who's speaking lies, and he said, you son of the devil. You enemy of all righteousness, full of all deceit and villainy, will you stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? Now, I'm going to guess you didn't expect to hear those words coming out in church today, did you? Some of us were kind of taken aback by, man, that's, that's strong language. Can a follower of Jesus speak that way to another person? And as, as we look at what just happened here, I, I said, notice says he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Why did he use such strong, pointed language to this false prophet? I believe it was because someone's soul was at stake. Because, because this, this bar Jesus was speaking lies. And Paul and Barnabas, they had the truth, the gospel, the good news. And they, they could not stand to see someone's soul perish on behalf of someone who's just speaking lies, try, trying, to, trying to keep someone away from the gospel of Jesus. And can I tell you today, that kind of thing happens all the time, and we need people that are filled with the Spirit, like Paul and like Barnabas, who, who have, have that Spirit filling to go and declare the truth. And even though it may come across to the world as being, being bigoted or hard, to hear, man, we need people that, that are bold, that, that can stand up and defend the faith. 
And that, that is what I believe that Paul and Barnabas were doing right here. For people that are speaking lies, sometimes they just need to be confronted with the same kind of boldness that they have to speak, the, speak those lies with the truth, okay? So as a follower of Jesus, they, they were prepared, and, and I believe it's also, it's also a message for us. We also need to prepare ourselves. What are the lies that are being spoken today? But what is the truth of the gospel? What's the truth, truth in the Bible that, that we need to know ourselves to defend the faith? Scripture says, always be prepared to give an answer for the reason for the hope that you have, but do it with gentleness and respect, okay? You, you can say hard words like this, and you can do it with gentleness. You can do it with respect, okay? And that is what I believe God has called us to do here in this world, okay? It doesn't end here. Verse 11, keep on going. He, see, he, he, he hands out something to this bar Jesus. Something happens. It says, and now, Paul continues, Behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you. And you will be blind and unable to see the sun for a time. And immediately, the, immediately mist and darkness fell upon him. And he went out seeking people to lead him by the hand. Okay? What just happened? A judgment miracle just happened. God, by his sovereignty, causes bar Jesus to be blinded as a judgment of God. And, you know, you can't help, as, as you're reading through the book of Acts, just kind of recognize this, is, this has happened somewhere before. Do you realize that this has happened before? When did it happen before? To Saul, right? Saul was on that road to Damascus, and what did God do? blinded him. Light shines down from heaven, and he, he's blinded, and, and, and Jesus cried out, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He's blinded. Men, lead him into the city, okay? For three days, he's blinded, and, and his life is transformed. He, he becomes a follower of Jesus. He, he believes, and so, so I believe as Saul himself is there, kind of, kind of, you know, initiating this judgment or whatever happened, um, we see that, that he's, he's there. He's like, I, that happened to me too. And so trust me, buddy, this is good for you. We, we don't know what happened to Bar Jesus. I don't, I don't think we have any other record of what happened after him, but maybe he became a, a, another Paul. We don't know. All that we know is he, he was blinded. And what it did is it brought faith about for Sergius Paulus. Keep on reading where I left off, verse 12. And it said that the proconsul believed. He believed when he saw what had occurred, for he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. You know, sometimes I believe that uh, just like, just like um, Bar Jesus, sometimes we think that we can see, but we are actually blind, and we need to be blinded in order to realize that. All that we need is Jesus and be given true sight. Um, I, I hate to say this, but sometimes this is, this is just how God works. Sometimes God causes you to go through a moment of pain, a moment of sorrow, a moment of, 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 of just, just destruction before you can actually come to a place where you realize all I need is Jesus, that I need Him, that I'm insufficient on my own. And maybe you're going through that, and right now, if that is you, if you're going through sadness, if you're going through pain, 
what Jesus would want you to do is just reach out to him and say, Lord, would you save me? I believe that, that, that I need you. I can't do it on my own. Well, this proconsul believed he had faith. And uh, the story goes on, and uh, what we see in, in uh, verse 13, it says, Now Paul and his companions, they set sail for Paphos and came to Perga in Pamphylia. And John left them and returned to Jerusalem. But they went on from Perga and came to Antioch of Pisidia. And on the Sabbath day, they went into the synagogue and they sat down. After, after the reading from the law, the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue, sent a message to them saying, Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, say it. So if, if you have your map, you can kind of follow their, their journey. They, they are traveling up to this, this city, and, and they're traveling from city to city to city, but, but they, they ultimately end up in the city called Antioch of Pisidia. And now, this is not the Antioch of Persia that they began in. No, this is another location. And uh, there they gather in another synagogue of, of, the, of the Jews there. And they're having a, a religious service, kind of like, like what we're doing today. There's, there may have been, you know, some kind of fellowship. I don't think they would have had donuts. But uh, they... they uh, they, they probably sang, they probably prayed, they probably read the scripture, they were worshiping God together, and, and like any service, they probably also had a message. And um, today, Paul and Barnabas, they were, they were guests, and so, so they were asked, hey, do you have a, a word of encouragement for us? Kind of like what we had Bob Yater do last week, our missionary, come in. Hey, do you have a word of encouragement? Sometimes it takes an outside voice to communicate something that we really need to hear. Maybe God's Spirit is saying, hey, I'm going to speak through you. Well, yeah, God's Spirit was going to speak through, through Paul and Barnabas here. And uh, Paul takes the, the invitation. And uh, just, just, so, just so you know, what we're going to read here in, in the next few minutes is... Um, what I believe is, is one of the most gospel-centered, God-exalting, uh, Jesus-saturated sermon in the Bible. And so, so we're going to just take a moment, and I want you to, um, if you need to close your eyes, or if you need to just, hey, just open your Bible and follow along, um, whatever it takes, I want you to put yourself in the place of these Christians in Antioch of Pisidia. And, and a lot of them are Jews. They, they know a lot of the history of, of what God has done in the past, but they may not have heard about Jesus yet. And so, so I want you, as you're hearing what, what Paul is about to preach, I want you to think about the way that they may have been receiving it from Paul, because we're going to read through this text without any kind of explanation, and you're going to hear the story of the gospel right from Paul's message here. And so this is going to take maybe, maybe uh, you know, four or five minutes. We're going to read most of the rest of this chapter here, which is the sermon of, of Paul. This is a sermon in a sermon, okay? So if you like Inception, we're in Inception right now, okay? Some of you got that. All right, here we go. So Paul stood up, verse 16. Motioning with his hand, he said, Men of Israel, you who fear God, listen. The God of this people, Israel, chose our fathers 
and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt. And with an uplifted arm, he, he led them out. And for 40 years, he, he put, the, put up with them in the wilderness. And after destroying seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave them their land as an inheritance. All this took about 450 years. And after that, he gave them judges until Samuel the prophet. Then they asked for a king. And God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king, of whom he has testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. Of this man's offspring, God has brought to Israel a Savior. Jesus, as he promised. Before his coming, John had proclaimed a baptism of repentance to all the people in Israel. And as John was finishing his course, he said, What do you suppose that I am? I'm not he. No, but he, um, behold, after me is one coming, the sandals of, of whose feet I am not worthy to untie. Brothers, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to us has been sent the message of salvation. For those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not recognize him, nor understand the utterances of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, fulfilling them by the, by, fulfilled them by con condemning him. And although they found, him in no, found in him no guilt worthy of death, they asked Pilate to have him executed. And then when they had carried out all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in the tomb. But God raised him from the dead. And for many days he appeared to those who had come up with him from Galilee and Jerusalem, who are now his witnesses to the people. And bringing you the good news that what God promised to the fathers, this he fulfilled to us, their children, by raising Jesus also. As, is, as it is written in the second psalm, you are my son, today I have begotten you. And as, as for the fact that he raised him from the dead, no more to return to corruption, he has spoken in this way, I will give you the holy and sure blessings of David. Therefore, he says in another psalm, You will not let your Holy One see corruption. For David, after he served the purpose in God's own, of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid with his forefathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up did not see corruption. Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And by him, everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. Beware, therefore, lest it is said in the prophets should come about, Look, you scoffers, be astounded and perish, for I am doing a work in your days, a work that you will not believe, even if one tells it to you. Well, as they went out, people begged that these things might be told them the next Sabbath. And after meeting in the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout con converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas 
who, as they spoke to them, urged them to continue in the grace of God. Let's just pause there. Wow, what a message. And I know if, um, if you're new to understanding the, the, the history of, of the Jewish nation, some of this is, is a little bit new to you, but, but all in all, what, what Paul has done here is he's explained God's sovereign plan from the time of basically before Abraham, remember how I talked about Abraham? God had told him, through you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. It was Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. They went to Egypt. They were enslaved in Egypt. You know, for 400 years they were, they were there. They called out to God. God delivered them through the hand of Moses. They, they were brought into the promised land through, through uh, Joshua. They came into Canaan. They went through the time of the judges. They, they went through the time where they, they asked for kings. And, um, and then there was, there was a period of silence. What happened after those 400 years in those period of silence is that God sent his son, a savior, through the line of David that traces its way all the way back to Abraham, who was promised with the blessing that all the nations. And what he's saying is, man, you study the scripture, you know all the prophecies, you you heard it, you, you gather every Sabbath day in your synagogues, but yet most of you, you don't even understand and most of you, and, and what we saw in Jerusalem is that, is that there they rejected Jesus as the Messiah and they crucified him. They hung him on a tree to die, fulfilling actually what the prophet said, that he'd, be re, that he'd be rejected. But his warning to them today was this, don't fall into the same trap. Don't reject Jesus like the Jews had rejected him just, just months and years before. Don't do that same thing. Don't reject him. And that's why he, he quotes the prophet in verse 41. He says, Look, you scoffers, be astounded and perish, for I am doing a work in your days, a work that you will not believe, even if one tells you. Well, what happened is that the response to this message was pretty incredible because there are many people, both Jews and, and Gentiles, who believe as a result of this, Okay? And they're asking, asking Paul, Paul and Barnabas, hey, would you come back next week? Because, man, what you're preaching is a whole lot better than what we've been getting, okay? And uh, so they're, they're kind of asking for a replacement, you know, a new pastor in their synagogue. And, and, uh, and what happens is next week, here, here's what happens. We'll read on. The next Sabbath in verse 44, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of God. This is awesome. Okay, there, there's probably camels parked up and down the street. The, I mean, the, it's a packed house. I mean, we don't, we don't know what it was like, but man. But when the Jews saw the crowd, they were filled with jealousy. And they began to contradict what was spoken by Paul, reviling him. Think about it, man. <laughs> they're, they're getting shot down by the religious leaders of their day, all because they're jealous they were doing exactly what Paul had quoted the prophet saying, don't, don't reject him. Don't ignore him. But unfortunately, there were people there that said, no, we reject him. We reject Jesus as our Messiah. We're going to continue to live under that old law. We're going to continue to work for our salvation. Not knowing that Jesus came, he came to seek and save the lost. He came for the sinner. He came, came for those who realized that they were unrighteous. Well, what happens? It says, and Paul, 
verse 46, and Barnabas, they spoke out boldly saying, it was actually necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you, the Jews. Since you thrust it aside and judge yourself unworthy of eternal life, you're rejecting Jesus. Behold, now because of your rejection, we are turning to the Gentiles. We're going to turn our efforts to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And says that when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many people who were appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. But the Jews incited devout women of high standing and the leading men of the city stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district. But they shook off the dust from their feet against them and went into Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. What an account, a sad account and also a joyful account at the same time, because those that rejected Jesus and the message of Paul and Barnabas initiated a persecution against them to which they kind of did a Taylor Swift. They shook it off, didn't they? And uh, they left. And they left the church that was there, they left the believers that were there, and they went to somewhere else where people would receive the Word of God. And so as as you read on through chapter 14, what you're going to see is that they go into Iconium. Same thing basically happens. They're persecuted. There's there's a threat of being stoned, and they, they flee the city. And what happens is that instead of going to the wealthy, instead of going to the spiritual, instead, instead of going to, to the people that are influential, what God sends them to is to the rural areas, to the people that are seemingly nobodies, to the people that, uh, the, that uh, don't have that kind of history, that have not rejected Jesus. That's what happens, and that, that's God's heart. And so as we, as we end our time, I, I uh, said we're going to bring some application to ourselves. Um, what, what we see through this passage, as we think about and consider what it means for us to be sent in the example of Paul and Barnabas, is that, first of all, the gospel is for all. The gospel is for all, no matter what your background is. The gospel cannot be stopped. Number one, if you're taking notes, as we reflect on this story, I want you to remember this. Jesus is our only hope. Jesus is our only hope. And that is the message that that Paul and Barnabas, they preached, and it's the same message that we preach today. Scripture says, and Jesus said about himself, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The good news about, about Jesus and his salvation is that it is for all. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. Um, it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter how you come dressed to church. It, it doesn't matter what, what your background is in faith, whether you grew up in a Christian family or maybe got invited to come to church and hear, hear Scripture for the first time today. You can trust in Jesus because He is our only hope, and He's the only way to God. And so under that point, if, if we know that Jesus is our only hope, 
can I just ask, have you received him? Have you received him as your Lord and Savior? Are you following after him? And you can do so by repenting of your sins and just saying, Jesus, I believe in your sacrifice on the cross for me. I believe in what you did for me. I'm not going to be like those Jews who rejected Jesus and kicked out Paul and Barnabas that day. No, I'm, I'm going to choose to believe that Jesus is the only way, okay? Um, if that's you, please, I, I invite you. I'm going to invite you at the end to just pray a prayer, just expressing that to God. Um, number two is this, if, if you're also taking notes, I want you to expect that your life will be harder at times because you are a Christian. Expect that your life will be harder at times because you are a Christian. If you keep on reading, as we said in chapter 14, persecution was just beginning for Paul and Barnabas because there's going to be threats. There's going to be threats of violence. There was going to be, you know, mean things said to them, hard things that they went through. Man, and uh, just, just so you know, if you're a follower of Jesus today, expect that uh, life is not going to get easier Expect that life is going to get harder at times. Um, it's not just for the early church either. In, in the book of Matthew, uh, Jesus actually, he, he said, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He said, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Later on in that sermon, he said this, he said, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. If it feels like you're going through a hard thing right now, if you're walking on a hard road because you're trying to follow Jesus, don't lose hope. You're on the right road. You're on the right road. The place of your deepest pain, I believe, is often preparing you for your greatest purpose. So if you're going through something right now, trust in Jesus, look to Him, okay? Expect that your life will be harder because you're Christian. Number three, and we'll close with this, is that the Holy Spirit will not be stopped. The Holy Spirit will not be stopped. Man, when you look at this story and you look back on the book of Acts, um, man, the, the Holy Spirit is not stopped by angry mobs. He's not stopped by false, false prophets. Um, he's not stopped by any kind of human scheme of success or failure. No, the Holy Spirit will not be stopped. No. God will accomplish everything that He has set out to do. He won't be tricked. He won't be surprised. He won't be outmatched. He will not fail. Um, man, He is unbeatable. He's unstoppable. He is unshakable and unbelievably faithful. And as we end this service, we're going to sing that song, Faithful Now. You've been faithful then. You will be faithful now. So let's, let's believe that as a church. If God is calling you to something, He will complete that work. The Holy Spirit will not be stopped. So if He's calling you to do something right now, if He's calling you to believe, if He's calling you to leave, if He's calling you to go somewhere, uh, don't just sit idle. 
take action and choose to believe that, that what he called you to do, he'll provide for you in it. There's that song, In Christ Alone, it says this, No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ, I stand. Let's stand in that power today. Why don't we stand, church, and uh, let's end with uh, just praying together. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you that we can stand in your power. God, knowing that um, the work that you started, you will complete. God, that uh, your Holy Spirit is at work here in our presence right now. God, I pray for anyone that here today is being called by you, feeling that call by you to go. God, I I pray that uh, whether it is to go across the aisle, across the street, across their workplace, across this valley, across our nation, or across the ocean, God, would you give them courage and faith today to take action on that. God, would you give us faith today, Lord, in the actions that you would have us take as a church, Lord, in response to your word. God, as, as uh, Lord, you've placed a burden on our heart to go and see lives transformed with the gospel, to seek and serve and send. God, whatever it is that you're calling us to do, God, would you place those opportunities in front of us? And God, we trust that you'll provide along the way. You'll provide people. You'll provide resources. You'll provide, you'll provide time and energy, God, whatever you've called us to do, God, we we just ask that you would, you would just, uh, just bring us into that, Lord, in this year, in 2023. And Lord, lastly, I just want to pray, God, would you save souls? God, that, that all those that you want to save, God, that you would save. That if there's anyone here that doesn't know you, that may be hearing the gospel for the first time, hearing that Jesus is our only hope, God, that today would be the day they reach out to you and say, Lord Jesus, would you save me? I believe that you died on the cross to forgive me. I believe that you, as you said, are the way and the truth and the life. We give our life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Valley Church. If you were impacted by today's teaching or made a decision to follow Jesus, we would love to hear from you, pray for you, and walk with you. To connect with us, visit valleychurchwv.com. There you will find resources on following Jesus and information about how to partner with us here at Valley Church as we seek, serve, and send disciples of Christ.